This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. Uh, As you know, the year is wrapping up and I wanted to have some sort of top 10 list. And I didn't want it to be too opinionated. I just wanted to have something that was fun yet insightful about the human condition. And what I discovered is uh, I wanted to share the top 10 list of odd things that led people to my website. These things are all actual searches that people put into the interwebs and led them to josephscrimshaw.com. Number 10, what the fuck is a social justice? Question mark. Number nine, Batman eats the tacos. Number eight, who was Guy dressed as squirrel? Number seven, John Hodgman in a dungeon. That's not featured anywhere on my website. Six, Oprah Winfrey toilet paper, also not on my website. Five, weaponized marijuana humor. Four, Canadian Guild for Erotic Workers. Three, how to insult people and everything in the world. Number two, monkey flinging rainbow poo, which is beautiful, and I'm going to make it my Tumblr handle. And finally, number one thing that led people to josephscrimshaw.com, the phrase, I wish I was full of tacos instead of emotions. (laughs) That is a sentiment that I believe we can all relate to. So I encourage you all to type weird shit into Google and see if you can find me or just go directly to josephscrimshaw.com. And now before we start the podcast proper, here are some quick plugs. If you enjoy the podcast, please check out my page at patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. The podcast is made possible by your kind contributions on Patreon. And if you'd like to see me doing live comedy things, you can visit josephscrimshaw.com slash live dash shows. I'll be in Portland with the Double Clicks on New Year's Eve. I will be at the San Francisco Sketchfest in late January, and I'll also be hosting the new Los Angeles version of a super fun comedy slam called Pundemonium that's also in late January. So if you're interested, please check out all or just some of that. Until next time, I hope you are all full of tacos. Hello and welcome back to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I am sitting in my home with an awesome person, Amy Spaulding. Hello, thank you for having me. Absolutely, thank you for being here. Uh, just to get started, can you tell the people listening a little bit about who you are? Sure, um, I'm a young adult novel author. I, that just came out awkwardly already, so we're, <laughs> I, it's going to go great. I'm a young adult author? Right? <laughs> I always feel weird because people say like, oh, you're a teen writer. It's like, no, I'm in my 30s. I write books. <laughs> and then I would say I write books for teens, but as the market show, a lot of people in their 20s and 30s are buying YA right. books, so... I just say I write books about teens, because then whoever would like to read them. Young adult is just like it. a genre at this it's point, a, right? And it's not even, it's like an like an umbrella genre, because then within that you have contemporary realistic and fantasy and sci-fi and dystopian and all the, all the yeah. same genres you'd have within just regular fiction. Yeah. So, but Are, I write contemporary realistic, which is just 
you know, regular life. No vampires. No vampires. No beautiful mermaids. <laughs> no end of the world. Are there are there a lot of beautiful mermaid? That was YA a, I novels? think that was a trend for a little bit, or at least a book I kept seeing everywhere that I just thought, well, people must be into this. But was it just like a mermaid at her locker? No, she was. I from the cover, she seemed to be in the ocean. Which, okay, yeah, <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe I just yeah. I like I was a high school mermaid. She just has to get by. It sets itself up for so many you know things, and then you get people who are like interested in the Little Mermaid, or just people who are like, what is that? Absolutely, I'm I've... not comfortable with fish as like a living creature. They creep yeah. me out. So I don't think I'd be into a mermaid book. I think that would be weird. I think mermaids in general, I'd be pretty freaked out. Merman. Mermen, too. They yeah. would bother me. Except for the He-Man one. Besides besides that, <laughs> I'm okay with it. I feel him. like He-Man got a pass. I don't know. I guess, I'm guessing we're about the same age. Uh, yeah. I feel like it got a pass on a lot of really weird things because you watched it and you're like, these things are all really cool. Yes. And you get a little older and you look back on those things. And that that was a weird show. It was really, really fucked up. I did a, a podcast uh, with a guy who's totally obsessed with it and knew all the marketing decisions behind it and it really? is just it's just all marketing decisions oh, well, it, because it was mattel was right. like their show yeah and they were like why just make merchandise let's just make a show about the merchandise and then it will sell but like yeah he was telling me like just down to like ridiculous things of like which skunk pun should this skunk's name be and they would like take it to kids and they were like well it's clearly got to be skunk or you know oh my god yeah. i remember there not was... smell or that's I dumb forget what that guy was i for... i remember that guy existing though because <laughs> i think my brother had it and it did smell really bad yes i mean it lived up to its yeah name it's an impressive accomplishment, dude. Like, we're going to sell you something that literally fucking stinks. And his arms went, like, in cycles. Yep. Yep. A lot of them. Good it's not ones. what we're talking Good about ones. today, but uh, I know, guys, I know a lot about He-Man. <laughs> <laughs> so, if, yeah, if, if you if you get sick of talking about your topic, we can just segue <laughs> right to He-Man. Um, My first two books are, uh, the first one is The Reese Malcolm List, and the second is Ink is Thicker Than Water. My third comes out April 14th in the new year. It's called Kissing Ted Callahan and Other Guys. Excellent. And no mer people. No mer people. I do have a joke about a mermaid book in Kissing Ted Callahan, though. <laughs> and I don't even know if those books are really kind of around anymore as yeah. a thing to like comment on. Because that's what happened. Like the publishing process is years. Yeah. And so by the time you like, this is a witty of the now joke. And then it comes nope. out two or three years later. You're like, all right, sorry. Stupid Mitt Romney. Um, cool. So your obsession is the Swedish rock duo, yeah. rock set. Is that all, all those words are correct? I think, yeah, I would, I mean, I typically say Swedish pop duo Roxette. Okay. Because I don't know how hard they rock. <laughs> but yes, I love Roxette. <laughs> Excellent. So for people who have no idea what those words strung together mean, Swedish pop duo Roxette. Um, Roxette what the fuck is got it? really popular in, I think, 88, 89, and they had... They had a couple singles that did well, and they also had a song in the movie Pretty Woman. And I think their singles from their first album combined with the success of the the song It Must Have Been Love, which was featured in Pretty Woman. Right. Like, that just, like, catapulted them to, like, American pop fame. But they'd already been trying for a while, I guess, in Sweden and were popular there. Okay. So, yeah, I read their Wikipedia page because yeah. when you sent me that you'd like to talk about Swedish pop duo Roxette... Uh, I perceive you as to being kind of like hip and in, in, in the know about music. 
Uh, I don't know where I got that impression, I but think... I have that impression. So I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. I'm going to learn about like an indie band that maybe formed in 2006. <laughs> like, no. Nope. Nope. <laughs> and I was trying to think like, is this, is this an, are rock set indicative of like one of my kinds of likes of music? And I don't know. I feel like they're an outlier to everything. Yeah. I, mean, I do like ABBA as most people I think do. Yeah. I think only soulless monsters truly hate ABBA. I feel like. Well, this is not really true, but I'm like, you either don't, you either like ABBA or you just haven't heard of ABBA yet. Yeah. I know. I know there's people who genuinely just don't like ABBA, so please don't tweet at me and tell me this. I know. <laughs> uh, but, like, so I do like, you know, other Swedish pop music. I'm sure we all like Ace of Bases, The Sign. Uh, I probably know that, but I you don't. You might. I think you do. Are you willing to... Sing it or say the words. It's like, I saw the sign and it opened up my eyes. I saw the sign. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not as good as ABBA. No, Uh, (laughs) it's really not. But I'm just like, there are some Swedish pop songs that I think just worm your, worm their way in your hearts and you can't help it. So what are Roxette's other big ones besides the pretty woman? They had Dangerous. um, They had Joyride. And Fading Like a Flower. I think those, and... Oh, and the ballads were, oh, Listen to Your Heart? Listen to Your Heart. That's yeah, the one that, that is uh, big stuck. Big powerhouse ballad. Yeah, yeah. That's the one that my main association with it when I realized that they actually did that was just uh, old people being sad. Because I remember hearing it <laughs> on the radio when I was a kid and thinking, like, that must be what it's like to be in love. I guess it's kind of sad. I think I've thought of this before, how when you're young and you're starting to understand, you're starting to understand that there is romance and that there is heartbreak. You've never experienced it yourself. Right. But, and you don't really know anyone personally who has or has (laughs) confided it in you. Yeah, and your parents wouldn't tell you. Exactly. But when you're starting to kind of understand these as concepts, I think like pop music is the only thing that you can start to like figure things out from. Right. But then you come up with these really kind of these strange views on it because you're like, oh, well, I heard the song and that's what they sang about. That must so be the way sure it that's is. that's exactly how it goes. <laughs> yeah, and then you get older and you realize it's just some coked up weirdo in Hollywood who thought, exactly. uh, glove rhymes, I'll go with that. Yeah. And that's it. Wow. Uh, so how many people know Roxette? Like when you're at a party and you're like, what's your favorite band? And you're like, Roxette. How I many blank stares do my, you get? Well, I... I don't know if they're my favorite band, but I feel obsessed with them in a way that made sense to talk about this on the podcast. So why do you think you're obsessed with Roxette? They're not your favorite band, but they're like, you answered fast. I have like a deep fast. love for them. Oh, yeah. Well, the second you had said a friend of mine had talked about Grease 2, I uh-huh. thought, oh, this is this feels like a really good, safe place to talk about a thing that maybe <laughs> you love that other people think, why? Yes. So, Absolutely. So I thought, well, that's the right thing, then. It's Roxette. <laughs> And I think part of it is because I I liked them in that original burst of popularity. I liked them when I was, I think, in seventh grade is okay. when those first singles came out. Maybe Did you have cassettes? Oh, I definitely had cassettes. Okay. And I can remember talking to friends about Roxette, and we're all kind of like, well, they seem pretty cool. <laughs> like, you know, you're kind of feeling out music when you're that age. Like, it's the first time you kind of can start making these decisions on your right. own, what you think is good. And I remember my mom yelled at me for listening to them. Because in the song Dangerous, the lyrics are hold on tight, you know, she's a little bit dangerous. And she thought it said suicide, you know, she's a little bit dangerous. So she's like, that's a bad song. And I said, you have misunderstood the lyrics, mom. (laughs) 
and, and I did also, you win the fight, or did or was there a rock set ban in your home? No, she was like, "Oh, I guess I heard that wrong, and it was over." <laughs> <laughs> but for some reason, I still remember that I thought I was gonna like for a moment. I'm like, I'm gonna have to give up listening to Roxette. I'm gonna fight for like, this. Like, what does she think about them? That's so offensive. And then yeah. once once I just found out she. I mean, she gets lyrics wrong a lot, so it didn't surprise me. <laughs> it just doesn't okay. usually prevent a ban. Right. But it almost did. So did you find out more about the humans? Did you Were they, like, in magazines? Could you read about Roxette? I think a little, but it was such a weird time back then because, I mean, obviously we didn't have the internet. Yeah. And a lot of the, like, the teen magazines were really geared around just, like, other teen superstars. And these are like Swedish people in their 30s. Yeah. So I don't think so, but I think that almost like added to it. That, oh, there was a mystery and an in, intrigue yeah, of I'd who been, are they? Like I'd been really into Debbie Gibson, for example, but she was like a teen sweetheart. So I could get any issue of Bop or Tiger Beat and there's going to be an article <laughs> about Debbie Gibson and I could learn things about Debbie Gibson and be like, she seems like a girl that I can relate to. <laughs> and... There was, I don't think, anything like that that I saw about Roxette. So it was just kind of this, oh, Swedish people. I don't know what they're up to, but I like their music. <laughs> Did you try to learn more about Sweden? Uh, I, no, I didn't. It wasn't. It didn't go that it far. It didn't go that far. But I definitely, in high school, when there was like a little more information out there, I definitely read a bunch of articles and was like, okay, these are the two people who are in Roxette. These are their names. So I kind of like, I started parsing it together. And in high school, um, that was when... You know, radio was kind of switching over from pop to grunge. And, right. you know, it was the early, mid-90s. And I was really into all of that music. And there was a modern rock station in St. Louis where I grew up that was, at that time, not corporately owned. So it played, like, a really cool variety of music. And so I kind of put Roxette away for a little bit because okay. it didn't really match with, like, hey, guys, I listen to, like, They Might Be Giants now. <laughs> and I listen to R.E.M.'s Automatic for the People because it's about death. <laughs> and and Nirvana, so I can't. I don't really have time for Roxette. Were you ashamed of Roxette? I think in I was. I think I, or just that I felt like I had to really define who I was. I had right. to like I'm a this kind of person. I wore flannel. I have Doc Martens. <laughs> There's nothing Swedish about me. There's nothing fun. <laughs> well, and it was that part of the '90s. There wasn't a lot of room for fun. We were all very serious. Yes. You know, I wore really dark lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fun There's at no all. There's no fucking around. It was like, we're going to be serious. Songs have messages. So what was your impression of Roxette then at that time? Was, that, was it that they were just sort of candy and meaningless? I think a little of that. I also, I think, and this is, I, I hope, a universal teen thing. At a certain point, it didn't matter what I thought of them. I kind of thought the world didn't take them seriously. So it's like, well, I need to. Right. And they're not in this genre. And I listen to this one station. So that's good for me. <laughs> Which, you know, is silly because I'll go back now and hear like a pop song that came out in the, you know, basically like 93 to yeah. 1999. Like those, <laughs> there were a bunch of good songs that came out that were not played on the modern rock station that I'm having to learn now. Yeah, and you got all that sound garden. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Heard <laughs> which, Black Hole Sun 5,000 times. Not heard, age yeah. well. No, <laughs> there was, well, and the funny thing to me too is that, you know, Nirvana was on a major label. Pearl yeah. Jam was on a major label. R.E.M. was on a major label. So being in a small town in Missouri, it did feel very, very, you know, cool and edgy to listen to these bands. Oh, yeah. But they were actually far more popular and mainstream than Roxette <laughs> at that point. If I had understood, like, what being a hipster really was back then, I would have stuck, yeah. to my, you know, stuck to my guns. Your Roxette guns. Keep listening to Roxette. 
And I think what happened was I was at a used music store or something a few years later and I saw Roxette CD and it kind of like knocked a thing loose in my head. Like, oh, I really used to like them. I feel like I still like them. So around when was this? I think like maybe still the 90s, maybe like 96, 97, 98, around then. Sorry I'm being vague. but Oh, no, that's fine. (laughs) I I didn't chart it in my journal. (laughs) Yes, please. Next podcast, bring your journal. So I can get exact dates for your Roxette renaissance. People are like, I'm trying to set up this Wikipedia page. And it's just going all over the place. Uh, so when, so it was just a casual reemergence. It was of a casual, Roxette but I interest. did buy it because it was like three or four dollars. You know, was people, it on vinyl? No, it was just like a CD in okay. a store. So, and I'd never had Roxette on CD. Yeah. So that was strange. I think another thing that happened at the same time is Roxette. Like, they started to get really popular with that first album and then that single off of the Pretty Woman soundtrack. Yeah. And then their second album, Joyride, did phenomenal But at the beginning. And then, like, the single stopped getting played, which I think was some sort of weird thing with their record label EMI combined with just that, again, the music it suddenly changed. was just yeah. changing. And so when their third album came out, I got it. But you could, it just felt like, well, this, nothing's going to happen. Like, no one cares about them anymore. Yeah. And so it was easy to forget about them because they weren't around like they used to be. So I think it was kind of a combination of that. Cool. And so when I grabbed, you know, whichever one it was and threw it in my car, I just thought, oh, God, I still really, really like this a lot. (laughs) And I kind of don't care. And has it been like constant listening to Roxette since then they've never yeah, I don't rotated think I'm back taking out a break yeah I think they're just in my rotation I have like a like I have a playlist on my iPod I usually do of just like here's a bunch of Roxette songs I'm really into <laughs> cool and uh so have you researched them a bunch now that it is possible to research them I have um <laughs> I mean I, I don't think to a to a creepy degree I know that I know that the the lady singer Marie had a brain tumor and they thought she was going to die mm-hmm. and she recuperated and they recently like a couple of years ago did a world tour. That's a, that's not a creepy thing to know. No, no, not at all. Way to obsess on her brain tumor. Yeah, it's sad but she got through it so yeah. that's good. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So I knew like I would know things like that. I don't, yeah. you know, I'm not like, this is their favorite salad dressing. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I know that for anyone except myself. <laughs> I'm glad that you have that self-knowledge. <laughs> what is your favorite salad dressing? You know, it's just like a nice mixture of olive oil and lemon with some seasoning. <laughs> you have lived in L.A. for a while. I know. A few years ago, I'd be ranch dressing. Uh, excellent. Okay, so I have some general questions about Roxette, now that I've got a general right. picture of your obsession. Do you consider two people truly a band? Are two people a band? I don't know. I will say that they do write their songs and that they're at the core, it seems, of putting musicians and production together. Right. But they don't, they can't tour without bringing in other people and then those people are Roxette. Yeah. For, but then I think, <laughs> I was Roxette like, for a night. Like, Dum Dum Girls is just really Dee Dee Penny and then she like hired some other good-looking ladies, and now they're dumb, dumb girls. Yeah. So is it different than that? No. That's not a comparison. It I happens thought I'd a make lot. Tonight, but, but I'm. <laughs> but sure. But I'm fascinated but with like, that. Ma- you know, Mountain Goats is. It's is just... that a band or is that a man? No, that's a guy. Yeah, but also, what about the bassist Peter? Yeah, I know. So it, it, I think maybe that's because I've met some of these dudes. I'm I'm pals with John Roderick, and and he does not let go of John Roderick of the Long Winters, and it's mostly just. John with a band exactly. name. Exactly. Uh, so I'm kind of fascinated by that. But then 
I keep running into these two-person bands, and it's just for me, as a person who likes words, kind of a weird, like, what is it, what makes a band? I agree. I agree. Uh, do you know any of their, like, studio musicians or the people they tour with? Do you, could you name a rock set drummer? No, but I feel like <laughs> there's been weird portions where, because I follow Roxette on social media, where they'll like tweet about like one person in the band like three days in a row, and by the third day, I'm like, oh, that guy. So, <laughs> at points in my life, I do remember there was, because I did get to see the the world tour the other year did come to LA. Okay. So, I did get to see them, and I realized it was like almost 15 years exactly after I'd seen them the last time. Wow. Which, A, cool, B, I'm so old. <laughs> Where did um, they play? They played at the Gibson Amphitheater at uh, Universal City. Okay. And was it, was it, what was it like age-wise? Was it mostly uh, older people? It was, there was like no average person of the Roxette fandom. At That's the, awesome. Like, I thought, I think we were joking going in like, well, we're definitely going to be the coolest people here. And then we got there, we're like, eh, we're not. It's yeah. just like, yeah, there's some people who seem maybe like they only listen to music from the 90s. And then there's plenty of people who just seem normal. So, no, it was really, I kept kind of trying to figure out like, what is the average Roxette fan at this concert? And there wasn't. There just wasn't. Were you able to try to, did you, did you try to see if people were Swedish or not? Uh, it did feel like, being in LA, it felt like there were a lot of international fans. Okay. Maybe not necessarily Swedish, but I think in general they're more. They have more of a because they tour globally minus the US. I think right. They're like a decent amount. And they're they're bigger in Europe. Exactly. Even though they had all this, and success. I think in some degree to South America, things like that. So okay, cool. So it was it was interesting. Okay, so what do you think is their best hit song and their best deep cut? Okay. Um, <laughs> it's really hard because I think they have a lot of really good songs. Uh, I think their best, I'm going to do a two-parter for best hit songs. I'm going to split it into ballad and not ballad. <laughs> okay. Uh, I do think Listen to Your Heart is the best ballad. I think it's, I genuinely think that's a good song. Of the three songs I know, I agree. That's a good song. And uh, I don't know, it's really hard for me to pick between Dangerous and The Look. I think Dangerous is, they both have really weird lyrics, which... I think one thing that fascinates me about Roxette that makes me obsessed with them is that I can't quite tell it's that, is it that English is their second language or is that this is just how they like to put words together? Because like in the look, it's like walking like a man, hitting like a hammer. She's a juvenile scam. Never was a quitter. Tasty like a raindrop. She's got the look. Like if a man said that to me as a compliment, I would not take it as one. You would think he has aphasia. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like these are just random thoughts occurring to him and I'm in the room. <laughs> yeah, and it does seem to uh, emphasize all of the other senses, but then she has the look. Is that like is that And is then that, is it just she's cool? Or is it she's stylish? Or does like, she have mental powers? Is he attracted like, to her? She can see into I, people's souls. And I mean, this is a song I've listened to probably hundreds of times, <laughs> and I genuinely am like, I don't know what you're what you're yeah. what you're saying, sir. <laughs> and a good friend of mine, we we we're, we used to be roommates, and we became very good friends, and we bonded over that we both really liked Roxette, and so we went to the concert together. Oh, cool. And she said, do you, you know, they must know English better at this point. Do you think they listen to those earlier songs and say, like, what were we doing? And I said, no, because I feel like their current catalog is just as weird, <laughs> and you hear interviews with them, and they speak English beautifully. So I don't, I don't know what's happening. I feel like when I listen to the look, I can't help but picture a European man with one eyebrow raised 
Like, what he's saying is very exotic and dangerous. Yeah, it's kind of like the idea of being exotic and dangerous more yeah. than the reality of it. Yeah, because I think when I heard that song as a kid, it sounded exotic and dangerous. I didn't really know what th- yes, the look absolutely. was. But you're now like, now as an adult, it's sort of like, like, yeah, that's ridiculous. It's just a weird song. <laughs> okay, so you said you wanted to split it between ballad and not ballad. What would you call the not ballad? It's just a pop song, I it's guess. Just a, yeah, it's just a, <laughs> it's just a, a pop just song. one of those fast tracks. I don't know. It's got that rock and roll beat to it, though. Ah, uh, It does. Uh, for for deeper cuts, I really like a song called "Here Comes the Weekend," which I swear to God, the beginning of it sounds like it could be a Smith Western song. Like it, <laughs> it does not sound super poppy or super of its time. I just think it's a good song. So you guys <laughs> look it up. What's it about? Do you know? <laughs> I think it's like when you're. Um, I think you're away from your from your romantic partner. And you can get through the week because you have work and shit to do. But then the weekend comes and you're kind of like, crap, I got like two whole days to get through. Okay. So but it's it, kind of like a sad, like, it's kind of the it, opposite of what you think it's going to be about. Because you're like, yeah, here comes the weekend. But it's not. It's sad because it's two days to be alone. Oh, okay. So it's not that they're going to get, uh, meet no, their loved one in the weekend. No, they're not going to get to see him. It's, it's harder to get through those two days because they don't have like nine hours of work to distract them. So do you... Do you like that song because of the music, or do you relate to it on some emotional level? I think I was listening to a lot, like, late 90s, early 2000s. I was still living in Missouri. I had taken time off from college, and I was just not, like, I didn't know what my life was going to be. I was pretty depressed, and I think I could kind of get through the week because it's like, okay, fine, I have work. It's fine. And then the weekend would come, and a lot of my friends had moved away, and were doing cooler things. Okay. So I was like... Oh, I guess I'll just work on my manuscript at Starbucks. <laughs> so I think then I'd listen to that. I'd be like, yeah, it's what I'm going through, guys. <laughs> Speak the truth, Roxette. Speak the they truth. They have a song off of one of their uh, newest records called After All, which I really like. It sounds real, like kind of Beatles-y, that real like bright, poppy, hooky okay. sound. But it has a lyric in it that I'm obsessed with. This is what, like, I th- I'm convinced why I'm so obsessed with them is because for everything I like about them, there's something that's so indescribably weird. I can't, okay. like, stop turning it over. But there's a lyric that says, love is so blind, it pops out the window. And so there's, like, two options, really. Right. The first is just, like, that's a saying in Sweden that, like, and I'm just going to say maybe it is. That people are just, like, walking around, they go to Ikea. They say it. <laughs> they say, like, love is oh, so blind, it pops out the so window. Love so blind, it pops out the window. <laughs> But the other option is that they're basically making fun of, like, disabled people to be like, this thing is so blind, it would just fall out a window. Oh, like, this idiot <laughs> walked into a window like a bird. Right. <laughs> it just fell out. I don't know. But I'm obsessed with that lyric because I don't think it's evocative of anything, and yet I, I, it makes me think. Yeah, love is so blind it pops out the window. I can't tell if it's that, that... You walk by a window so in love that the window just shatters. Oh yeah! Or if it's that I'm actually picturing somebody popping out of a window, sort of like hee haw esque. Yeah, it's just it's <laughs> hello, weird. and it just it stuck with me clearly. Yeah, this is oh man, I'm gonna listen to some more rock set. This is awesome. Uh, if you were gonna write as a writer, if you're gonna write a movie for rock set mm-hmm. that they were gonna star in. A sort of you know Beatles esque movie, right? With their music, what would the plot be? What would you have Roxette do? It's a really good question. I think it would be some kind of like an action movie, but real <laughs> like 
like real PG. Like in the and all the stakes are really low, but that Marie would be like you know this like femme fatale sort of you know like she's got the look maybe. Okay. And then uh, Pear the the guy he would uh, <laughs> he would kind of be like plotting to like you know he'd be like we're sending in the girl and you know. Okay, so it's Marie some... and Pear. Yeah. The, their names. Okay. So you're picturing a sort of uh, European Charlie's Angels with just one angel. <laughs> just one angel. But she's Swedish, so I feel like she can, she can get a lot done. Charlie's one Swedish angel. I think it's too because if, like, if you look up pictures of Roxette, especially from, I don't know, I guess even now, but Marie was always just wearing like a leather jumpsuit or like leather pants and a black tank top like which i think is like a look that just lends itself to that kind of absolutely role. so i feel like she's kind of cast herself and i'm just like yes do it so they'd be in sort of like euro trash james bond movie yeah absolutely <laughs> but like that you could like like that 13 year olds would be like this is not edgy enough yeah you know and would you have them speak normally or would they speak in weird uh roxette lyricisms i think i'd want a little bit of that that's not an that's not an actual aphorism, <laughs> but you say it with the confidence that it is one. <laughs> because to me, that's just I, I just find that kind of endearing. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you think that there should be more cowbell in Roxette songs? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I literally just had like a couple chords hit me. I was like, yeah, I could hear that there. <laughs> that seriously but i just did <laughs> absolutely you can take it any way you like uh so for songs that you liked as a kid like what was your favorite song as a kid like of Roxette? yeah or... yeah of Roxette. i think it probably was i know i really liked joyride from the joyride album okay what was what's the what's the general gist of joyride because i'm not familiar with that one well the chorus is like hello you fool i love you come on join the joyride <laughs> And I remember at the concert, I bought a t-shirt that says, hello, you fool, on the front. And on the back, it said, I love you, and Roxette wow. at the bottom. And so whenever I'd, whenever I'd walk around, people would be like, hey, who are you calling a fool? Like, the, the shirt was, like, getting one over on them And then when you, when you would you turn say... turn around, it would say, like, I love you. I love you. And but it was it... a really popular <laughs> song at the time. So people, I think people got it. I have no memory of, hello, you fool, I love you. Was it jump in the joyride? It, it, Come on, join the joyride. Come on, join it the joyride. It also has really, it has real weird lyrics too. Um, it's like a lot, it's just like, just, it's another song where they're just describing a woman. Um, hang on, <laughs> I'm going to pull up the lyrics because I had my phone handy because I knew I'd be doing this. But they're also just real weird. But it's the same thing where they're weird, they don't make sense, and yet I just find it so endearing but for hello, some reason. But hello, You Fool, I Love You does sound like you had taken a classic Tin Pan Alley song and just put it through autocorrect. Right. It's like almost right, but it's not. When I think I read that like Paris' girlfriend like wrote that as a note to him and like left it for him. <laughs> They're so and, European. And he was like, well, that's gotta be a song. <laughs> I can't do a Swedish accent, but just add it in. You had a, you had a Swedish attitude. Which okay. Good. Here's things about this woman they're listing. She has a train going downtown. She's got a club on the moon. And she's telling all her secrets in a wonderful balloon. She's the heart of the fun fair. She's got me whistling a private tune. And then there would be, like, a whistle, which I can't do. <laughs> but, like, I mean, no, 
none of that means anything. And yet you're like, oh, she sounds cool. Yeah, she sounds pretty badass. Yeah. yeah but also, like, she might be from a really shitty YA novel. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> it's moon she's balloon a girl, girl like no other girl. <laughs> but relatable. It's just, it's this weird combination of evocative nonsense. Yeah. So you, that one... I remember really being into that one when it came out because I remembered that you know how singles, well, I guess this still happens, but the internet makes everything different. But singles would come out before the record sometime. Oh, yeah. And so you'd be listening to the radio station. And I remember my best friend at the time and I, we heard that song. And we thought, that sounds like Roxette, but we know we know every Roxette song, and that's not one of them. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the DJ came on and was like, hey, that's Roxette's new single off their <laughs> forthcoming record. And we're like, oh, my God. Holy We got to get that when yeah. it comes out. <laughs> so, uh... So I think that was kind of, it's really exciting when you, <laughs> when you discover a band you really like, and then you catch up on what they have out, but then they're like, their next thing that comes out after that is always like really thrilling. Yeah. After you've discovered them. And then, so and you feel like you know new, them incredibly well. And then well. you get this new thing. Right. So. I still what, love that when that happens. Yeah. What did you feel the like emotional truth of that song was as a kid versus what you think it might actually be about as an adult. Yeah, I do think that maybe I thought there was some kind of like weird European whimsy that was released in us when we fell in love because <laughs> Oh, like in reality, like when you get up like, and you man, fall I'm just in gonna love, it's going to be wacky and like say all these things. It's just going to be balloons and moons and anything yeah. to rhyme because we're in love. Yeah, and then, you know, you get a little older and again, it's just like, well that means very little, doesn't it? <laughs> so, uh so, did you find do you find any different emotional truth in it? I mean, you ha- you have the the adult realization that this makes no sense, but do you find any different emotional value in it when you re-listen to it? Maybe not. That's I mean, some I would say some of the the pop songs, the the fast tracks, as I'm just calling them tonight. <laughs> I feel like not not that much, but I think there's like I listen to listen to your heart. And I'm like I think that is still an emotional ballad that that it clearly gets gets to me somewhere. And yeah. I think it gets to a lot of people. Yeah. Well, I, that one seems pretty straightforward in the lyrics, yeah. as I recall. The only lyric I recall right now is listen, listen to your, your heart. heart. But there's some, like, come ons and why don't yous, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so all standard stuff. But I know, like, it must have been love starts with, like, lay a whisper on my pillow, leave the winter on the ground. And now I'm like, well, that's beautiful and crazy. Yeah. It must have been love, but it's over now, right? Yeah. So this so that's is one like of a those sad song. Yeah, that's this is one song. of those songs like you you're dancing at your junior prom and you're like, wait, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> this. I do remember is a that from like doom. those junior high dances when we'd be like, put on a slow song, we're all gonna slow dance, and then you know you dance like four feet apart from each other with like your arms like straight real, out, real real slow. Yeah. But a lot of those songs were really sad. Oh yeah, a lot of depressing stuff. And you'd be like, oh, I finally get to dance with this guy then, guys. And then you're listening to lyrics, you're like, this is a horrible song. The winter is on the ground. <laughs> the dogs are dead. It had been love, but it's yeah, not, I'm not now. Sure I'm, I'm not sure. It, I feel like maybe Roxette's not where I head when I'm like, I need, I really need to deal with my emotions right now. I need to feel some things. I think it's a lot more of like, I just want to have fun and listen to stuff that's really singable and poppy. Cool. That is a great segue into my next question. Cool. What do you think is the best activity to do while listening to Roxette? I think it's definitely uh, some sort of like road trip or at least like longer drive where you're not just like stopping in traffic a bunch. Okay. Yeah. I think there's something really good about being in a car and listening to Roxette. (laughs) Is it just that 
the the beats are thumping that it's that it's no good i just music. think there's i think it's really singable in a way that's just it's nice like if i i have a good friend who lives in santa clarita so sometimes it can take me like 45 minutes an hour to get up there okay and i literally will be like well it's time to put on rock set because i want to sing <laughs> <laughs> so is that thing is that a, just an expression of joy or is it are yeah, you saying rock set it's like a so. sleep aid <laughs> no it's like an expression of joy it's like this will be fun and will help you have a good time until you reach your destination. Okay, cool. In is is it is there also an element of there's clearly a lot of emotions, but like you're saying with the movie, the version of Roxette, it's not high stakes. No, it's real low stakes. I think I like that. I think and I think they just sing about for the most part things that don't quite make sense. And it also it gives me time when I'm in the car, like, so let's think what they're trying to get out here. Is this something that makes <laughs> sense? Were they hinting at this? Is this Something in Sweden that you would do. Yeah. So I think it also was one of those, like, oh, it's a good time to to have some deep thoughts about Roxanne. <laughs> to just reflect. But I, th- the- I genuinely think a lot of these lyrics I've thought about more at this point than maybe they have. Oh, you. it seems to me with, like, the balloon moon rhyme, that just, that <laughs> kind of offends me. I mean, the winter's dead on the ground. That There's something about that that's... You're like, no, that's... that's that's, that's some beauty with that's words. That's some poetry. Say, that, yeah, yeah that, that's evocative of, you know, our love has fallen down and there's dog shit buried in it. That will be cleaned in the spring. change that has to happen over yeah. time. But yeah. she has what, a McDonald's on the moon and she likes playing with balloons. What, whatever the fuck that was from. Both times I've seen them in concert when they say the line about the balloon, they like release balloons into well, the audience. They're very literal, aren't they? That's When they that's say a, whistle, they yeah, got a whistle. Exactly. So what what is do you like that sort of literalness? No, but I find it sweet. I don't know, it's really I try I have a conversation with people a lot when they say like what are your guilty pleasures and they say I think that people label things guilty pleasures that they love but that they know are bad. Okay. And then within that parameter I try to decide if that's how I define Roxette and I don't know. Well, I think they say it because either they believe it to be bad or they know the world thinks or it's the, bad. Yeah, exactly. And they want And to they can't articulate with... for themselves why they like it. Exactly. But I genuinely I think I do like I do like Roxette, I know that. But I think there are things about them. I think the way they put together pop melodies is still really good and I think it's not, you know, it's not easy to just put together a little pop song that's super catchy and yeah will resonate with a wide audience and not to say that like popularity or mainstream su- success defines good music because i don't believe that but i do think that there's there's skills to what they do but then they do it in such a weird way <laughs> yeah it feels very safe like well a i just like the music i you know because i listened to like their top three big songs that i remembered uh earlier today and I was surprised that, like, oh, I'm not big on the It Must Have Been Love, but the other ones I like. Yeah. Uh, in that it seemed like, oh, this is something I would listen to not just for research. Right. But, like, I might actually listen to it. And the more we talk about it, I do really like that. It feels evocative of something big and scary and adult, but it's also very safe. Super safe, yeah. yeah. And I think another thing, which, I mean, you find with a lot of bands you listen to in your youth, if they just use, like, pianos and guitars and drums etc it doesn't sound as dated as it could at this point right like it doesn't necessarily sound of the now but their stuff doesn't sound crazy dated to me no and in fact i think that there are enough musicians who are kind of pulling from 80s references 
not super explicit 80s references, Nobody but I think like Katy Perry and, and Lady Gaga yeah. really like the 80s. And I feel like if you took one of those tracks and just put in a modern vocalist, you wouldn't go, oh, that is so 80s the way you would with almost everything else produced in the 1980s. Exactly. And I, I heard something about, um, it was about another band recently, but the whole, if you don't sound like anyone else of your time, then you don't sound as dated later because you... Because you're only kind of referencing yourself then. Yeah. Cool. And I think that makes sense. Cool. Um, if you could rock out to Roxette with anyone in the world, who would you want to rock out with? Uh, this I'm gonna sound, It's going to sound like a suck-up answer, but my friend Rochelle, who I bonded over, was so much to Roxette. And then we got to at the concert, so I would just want to do that more. And this is the, the friend that you have now as an yeah. adult. Okay. So just more... If But if, if uh, she was not available... If she's not available... If you could rock out with anyone else, your fantasy person who you think would also like wow. to rock out to Roxette. I don't know. That's a really good question. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of like a dream <laughs> celebrity. <laughs> I'm like, who would have fun doing that? Are you a Colin Firth person? <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I was just like, I think Conan O'Brien would have a good time at that. And I don't know what that means about me or him. Oh, I think that... I think that makes a lot of sense. Do you know what it is? Is I don't want to. I don't want to see a band if you're not going to have a good time. And right. I think Conan O'Brien would have a good time. <laughs> he would get into it. I think both sincerely <laughs> while also accepting that's stupid. And yeah, you didn't exactly. have to release the balloon just because you said balloon. Exactly. <laughs> but you know what? Every time they do, I have a moment of oh, cool. No, guys. <laughs> uh, if you had to get a rock set lyric tattooed across your back, what would the lyric be? Oh, wow. Um, I think it might be, which I had as my Twitter bio for like over a year, uh, walking like a man, hitting like a hammer. <laughs> because again, it's it's kind of badass, but it's not. Oh, yeah. I really love that. And people would not know that that was a lyric and be like, oh, what a oh, sexy wow. bio. She's been to prison. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a prison like tattoo somebody... It's a really long story that is not worth explaining the full thing, but I'll just say that somebody thought it was a good wife reference. What? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It just sounds to me like somebody who walks rudely loud. It's basically like, you do not want to have the apartment underneath this guy. Exactly. If Roxette is a gateway drug, where will it lead? I I think for people like me who we're just starting to explore pop music and find our own taste. I definitely think it could lead you to like ABBA, things like that. If you're me though, of course um, (laughs) I did look up Pear's first band, which is called Jeline Titer. I don't know how to say (laughs) Swedish things, so I could have just screwed that up, but he was in a band before called Jeline Titer. And I downloaded some of their music. It really was just kind of like Roxette, except there wasn't a woman. Uh-huh. It didn't seem that different to me. Were Maybe the lyrics? not as good. The it lyrics? Was, most of it was in Swedish, but okay. they had a few English songs. And he also has like solo stuff that he has like he did like an album called Son of a Plumber. Because <laughs> his dad was a plumber. Oh, it's it's literal. <laughs> I thought it was maybe about like Super Mario Brothers. I think I thought that too when I was like, what? What? <laughs> But no, his dad was a plumber. And as a whole, it's like a two-disc <laughs> album. And he's like, well, this is where I'm going to do my personal music because it's going to be about okay. my dad. And then it literally just sounds like 
it all sounds like it could be from the same band. Okay. So I thought it was funny that to him, there's something about this music that must be more personal or different. But I also know that Marie kept having to take time off for like having a brain tumor and recovering from that. Fair enough. So maybe it was just like, well, I wouldn't perform these with someone else. I'll just do them now. Yeah. I'm not going to force the narrative of being the son of a plumber on Marie. (laughs) (laughs) This is my story. Son of a plumber is such a great wussy swear, too. Son of a plumber. I need to really start using that more. (laughs) Or at all. (laughs) More would would imply that I say that occasionally. There's a song on that that, um, collection or whatever called Joanna Says, and I think that's a really great pop song, so... And this is on his solo? On Son of a Plumber. On Son of a Plumber. And then he did other solo stuff where some of it's Swedish, some of it's English. But again, it all kind of sounds about the same. And then I found out later that Jalene Titer was like a Swedish boy band. Oh, really? Yeah. And are those Swedish words that mean something? Or is that a woman's name, Jalene Titer? <laughs> I have no idea what it is. It's it's funny because like, you can tell like my interest is like it goes down the one tunnel, but it doesn't like go off to the side at all. I, like, I'm going to download these songs, but I'm not going to find out what the band's name means. Yeah, well, I, I love that having people like that on the podcast where it's not about the encyclopedic knowledge, but it's right. about the amount of sort of uh, data they take up in the hard drive of your brain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, if someone listened to nothing but Roxette for a full week, how do you think it would impact their life? I feel like you'd say nonsense work. I think like you just like say phrases that sound meaningful but aren't. But I think you might be in a nice mood. Just in a bouncier mood? <laughs> yeah, I, I think might you might be. try this experiment and li- try to listen to Roxette pretty much the week between Christmas and New Year's. You mean see. a great mood on New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> see how it does. Or a terrible one. <laughs> uh, cool. So I ask people questions about their obsession level. There's not a right or wrong answer. It's, okay. just, it's just fun to, to compare and contrast across all the podcasts. So do you think about Roxette every day? I'd say not every day, but... Frequently. Okay. Can you hold an entire conversation using nothing but lyrics from Roxette? Yeah, I could probably do that. (laughs) Excellent. Would you read or write Roxette slash fiction? No. But, like, that's, like, I wouldn't do that for anything, really, because, like, I'm always like, we should respect humans and not write stories about them. Okay. So that's less of a... Okay. Roxette specific question. So that's just a strong feeling about slash fiction. Well, not well. I mean, they're different genders. It wouldn't be slash fiction. Yeah, but I, I know it, what you're saying. It's a catch-all term at this point. I, I don't think, mind for... if other people do, but that's just not my thing to do myself. So would you I tried read to it? write like a spec script once, and I was like, "This feels like fan fiction. I better stop." <laughs> so this is just an Amy Spaulding problem. Uh, and is it? Is it, do you think it's a strong feeling because of your profession as a writer? That, or do you think even if you weren't a published author that you would have no because i felt like that before i don't know where that comes from i think i feel embarrassed taking like other thing like other people that exist or other people's creation i'm just Uh kind of like well that's not my thing i'll leave it alone so does like tumblr just burn your eyes i will say tumblr has taught me so much (laughs) and but i have friends who have written either spec scripts or fan fiction or things that are kind of Mm -hmm. somewhere in between and i think oh that's so good and i get why you wanted to do that and i'm so glad you did Cool. So it's not like, a, I'm not coming down like, no one should do that. Right. But just, it's just not your thing. Yeah, not my thing. So even with the, the siren song of Roxette. I don't know. Would not that, pull you into reading a piece. That, that feature film does sound fun. <laughs> <laughs> so never say never. Okay, cool. Uh, would you still listen to Roxette if Axl Rose joined the group? 
I'm just trying to wrap my brain around like what that would be like. I think yes, absolutely. For at least to see, at least to see what it would be like. Yeah. Yeah. I I think he would do really well with the nonsense lyrics. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And those like power ballad stuff. Oh, the power. Right in his wheelhouse. Absolutely. (laughs) Would you swear to none in defense of Roxette? Uh, I mean, I have an aunt who's a nun, so I feel like I'm more comfortable maybe being sassy to nuns than others because I've. It's just part of my life. So yeah, I would swear to none in defense of Roxette. So they, that's not a. Yeah, for me that was. It's yeah. a total non-issue. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like Aunt Teresa again. <laughs> Stop shit talking, Roxette. <laughs> uh, if you couldn't listen to Roxette without someone you love first being kicked in the crotch. Would you still listen to Roxette? Yeah, I feel like that's a low stakes injury. <laughs> <laughs> You're not gonna murder someone. Uh, yeah. So you just you have no. I, I clearly had no I didn't even pause. I'm like, yeah, of course. This is the first time that people that somebody has been like, I have serious reservations about slash fiction, but yes, <laughs> please hammer my friends in the crotch. No problem. Yep. <laughs> I hope you're understanding more about my moral compass. I am. Just a little, little off north, maybe. <laughs> Go swinging around. Uh, cool. Is there anything else that you want the world to know about Roxette or your obsession with Roxette? Hmm. I think it's that I, I do think they're good. I do think if you like pop music, that they're worth checking out, and. You can always say it's a joke if people make fun of you. <laughs> Do you have you done that? Do you, have you given yourself no, that I out? No, I haven't. I okay. just always give other people the out. Like if you're just worried that this is the goofiest thing ever, like you know, it's okay. Yeah, you can just let it be known that it's goofy. But I will say that it's I whenever I whenever I bring them up, which happens sometimes when I'm talking about music or just I don't know life, and then Roxette comes up. <laughs> A lot of people either say, like, oh, yeah, I do remember some of their songs and that they were really good. Or they'll, like, say, like, oh, what song should I listen to? When I tell them, they're like, that was, I don't know if I'll listen to them again, but that was a pretty good song. Yeah. I'm definitely, the the first thing I'm going to do when I'm done with the podcast is listen to Joyride. Yeah. <laughs> I need to hear I that. don't even know if I read the weirdest part. Like, it, the whole thing. Well, the other thing about Joyride is that one of the, you know, like, during an instrumental part, sometimes people will be like, yeah, or, you know, like, yeah. yell something kind of out of nowhere. Uh, yeah. In this, they go, rock set. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they were afraid that people didn't know I don't know. <laughs> their I band just, name? Again, it's that thing that strikes me as embarrassing and nice at the same time. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's cute, but guys, no. It is something like a four-year-old does, is just shout yeah. their own name. Yeah, but I mean, I think they must be at least 15 years older than me, so... Yeah, so they're not four-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Uh, I asked people to sum up uh, their obsession with a noise. Is there is there a noise that comes to mind when you think of Roxette? <laughs> Can it be the Roxette? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that was great. Cool. Uh, so I have uh, questions uh, that... Are not related to Roxette. They're, sure. they're wrap-up questions. Um, so feel free to bring Roxette back in if you want. But you don't have to either. Uh, if you could force everyone in the world to think one word at the same time, what would the word be? Beverage. <laughs> that is a great answer. Why, does, why do you think beverage floated into your mind? Uh, I used to think that... Basically, I'm a really, 
feel like I'm an awkward person who's really extroverted, so I feel like control how I present myself because I could just talk and be weird all the time. But I also then like immediately have panic about it. Okay. So I kind of like would have things that I'm like, I know that this always kills, especially like when I work in an office where like no one thinks I'm very funny. <laughs> so I remember whenever I would like go to get like water or soda from the kitchen at like one of my first office jobs, I'd be like, oh, just going to get a beverage. And everyone would just be like, oh, that's so funny that you said beverage. <laughs> so it just felt like it was this universal, like I knew anytime I said it, people would be like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> That's, I mean, this was in the Midwest and yeah. in a sad office, but it just just felt nice. But that is a struggle when you're in an office and you are a creative person and an outgoing yes. person to get that across so you can just be yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I When I worked at Kinko's for several years and some of the people who I chatted with a lot were like, oh, yeah, you do comedy. That makes sense. Uh, but then like my managers who were dicks. Would, they would never see me in a particularly pleasant mood because they were dicks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I they'd be like, someone... you do comedy. Like, well, yeah, I'm not in a real funny mood because I fucking work for you at Kinko's. That ha- totally happened to me at at my last job where one of the salespeople said, I can't imagine you doing improv. I, I've never heard you say anything funny ever. <laughs> and I'm like, well, first of all, improv is not about trying to be funny. Take a class. And B, beverage. <laughs> <laughs> B, I'm miserable and I want to die every moment I'm in this office. <laughs> Do you have a suggestion? Uh, but beverage is a great answer because it, that that's a, a really great, insightful uh, memory. But then also, to me, when I hear beverage, also, I hear I adult beverages. beverage. Yeah. yeah. I lo- but I mean, I love beers. I love cocktails. I love coffees. I love great Diet Coke. <laughs> really high-end Diet Coke with the real sugar. Um if you could travel back in time and hug any historical figure, who would you hug? I feel like, well, I almost said Bill Clinton, but he's still alive. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he I is had, a historical figure. He is. I had a really, um, like, you know how you'll have a dream that just feels extra real? Yes. And it was that I was, like, walking by a Subway sandwich shop and <laughs> Bill Clinton was standing outside. And I was, he, like, gave me a hug. And then he, like, I don't know, I, like, laughed and I think he was going to eat a sandwich. Was he sad? No, he's just in a good mood, like, hey. So, like, he'd just been I'm America. (laughs) I'm America. He didn't say that, but that was was the the emotion of it, yeah. When when did you have this dream? During Clinton years? Yeah. I mean, I clearly still remember it. It was such a strong dream. I think I would remember that. Was this pre or post Monica Lewinsky? It was pre. But, I mean, we all knew that there were things. Like, he didn't go into the presidency Without any rumors. His nickname was Slick Willie. I it, mean, yeah, yeah, it exactly. was the most disgusting nickname any but president will ever have. But the dream wasn't had. like a sexual thing. It was just like, a, oh, hey, there's our president, and he's so kind and giving me a hug. And <laughs> also, he's going to get a Subway sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> that is just like a perfect little picture of America. I feel like I talked a to hug someone from else Bill Clinton. Who, who dreamt that she hugged a president and like he had a sandwich. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Which president? Uh, I forget it. I forget but I just love the thought that, like, so, like in a dream journal, they're like, well, if you dream about a president and a sandwich, <laughs> it means this. You're a big fan of Roxette. <laughs> uh, and the final question for everyone on the podcast is, what is happiness? Oh. This is going to, I don't know. I feel like it's when you are having such a nice time, <laughs> your anxiety goes away for a moment. <laughs> 
<laughs> Do you know what I mean? We all carry around like, oh, I have to pay this bill and oh, I'm worried about this. Yeah. And, this. and then you'll be out with friends or doing something that you love, like creating something, art, et cetera, seeing a live show. And you realize that it's all gone. And you're just in and the you're moment. Just in the moment. Yeah, I guess just being in the moment, really. Yeah. Well, that's great. That is an awesome answer. Yay. Thank you very much. Can you close us out with one more rock set? Yeah. What do you mean? The 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 lovely chant. Oh, another spoken word of Roxette. Um, yeah, absolutely. Let's do some more from Joyride. She's a flower. I can paint her. She's a child of the sun. We're a part of this together. Could never turn around and run. Don't need no fortune teller to know where my lucky love belongs. Oh, no. <laughs> and oh no is a great place to end <laughs> thank you that is our podcast thanks you've been listening to obsessed joseph scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest rate five stars if you're impressed 